The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Powered by Protus Global. Thank you for joining us here on Plant Profits. I'm your host, Vern Davis. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. And at Protus Global, I'm really focused as a partner in adult consumables and loving every minute of that. And today, um, I'm so happy you guys are joining us. We're going to really dig into some really important things that's happening in the cannabis community. And we have an expert on hand. My next guest is an attorney with more than a decade of experience in herbal product compliance regulation. She is an experienced nonpartisan lobbyist with expertise in wearable tech, data privacy, cannabis, and hemp legislation. My wonderful guest today is Tammy Wall, who's based in Washington, D.C. And if you're doing what you're doing, Tammy, Washington, D.C. is where you need to be, right? I hope so. <laughs> and, this, and this is where I am. And uh, yeah, all hands on deck. Very exciting times, Vern. It, no, it, it is very exciting times. But let's talk about this pandemic a little bit. How are you doing? How are your loved ones doing? And uh, how's that been for you? Fortunately, everyone in my immediate world, we're, we are safe and well and healthy. Um, and in my immediate community, that's the same. The, yes. So, so that is obviously the, the biggest priority. You know, personally, of course, yeah. I'm sure as many people drinking significant amounts of coffee. And, <laughs> you know, but to be quite honest in there, Vern, there, there have been days where, you know, the anxiety is up a bit. Is, um, the and so reconnecting with you and mm-hmm. even listening to your other guests and your other interviews, sure. it, it's quite calming. Oh well, that thank you. Well, that's great, and I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get into the Washington D.C. thing, but we're gonna go back to Texas first, okay? Oh, Can we goodness. do that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's do this. That, that's see now Texas is my home state. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Now tell me, I, I know you did some time in Texas, but did you start out there? I mean, did you grow up in Texas or where are you from? I did not. I hail from Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and every now and then with my O's and my A's, you're going to be like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I have spent several years down in Austin and I right out of law school, yeah. I, I went down there, you know, and this would have been, and this will age me and I'm totally fine with that. But this was back in the, in the early nineties yeah. when Austin was really just coming into being a place on the map. As oh, I, I, yeah, that was an interesting time. You know, I grew up about 40 minutes from Austin and, uh-huh. uh, and so Austin, you know, when I was growing up, Austin was the city that you always went to. And, um, and that was the closest thing to a city. You know, you had the University of Texas there, and and uh, so that was that was a, a real big deal. Now, you grew up in Minnesota. Where did you go to law school? Well, just a small school in uh, Widener, actually, in Pennsylvania. So you went to Pennsylvania, went to law school. How in the hell did you get down to Texas? So, um, 
but, and I come from a, a rural community in northern Minnesota. So, okay. the, uh, I, but I've I've always enjoyed checking out different pockets of our country. And when I was finishing law school, I I knew that I wanted to have my own shop. I wasn't. Um, and I, you know, without disparaging my colleagues that are in firms, the law firm setting has never been a fit for me. And so I knew I wanted my own shop. So I looked at three or four cities with really strong economies, the opportunity for growth, and where I thought the market could hold um, a small, a small law practice. And so Austin, Denver, Seattle were were the runners, and Austin came out on top. So I just I went down there. I didn't know anyone, and as you know, being from Texas, yes, it was a very welcoming city. Yeah, they open arms, a lot of music, a lot of social activity. So coming out of law school, you probably felt at home, didn't you? But I did. There, there is something about in the South where it is very welcoming. And I played soccer then, so I found a team, and that was my immediate family. And, and things just clicked. It was, it was very good. That's great. Now, what kind of, let's tell everybody what kind of law you practice down in Austin, Texas. Well, primarily criminal defense work. I, okay. I worked a lot with juveniles and um, clients that had mental health issues as well. And, okay. uh, but in that criminal defense space, which there, now it's connected to the cannabis industry, but it, it's, it was um, a remarkable front row seat to see uh, how things start and how one, one particular incident in someone's life can either set the trajectory for, for challenges or for success, or if you can overcome something, to correct course, but that, and so that was in the very early stages of these young people. So working in criminal defense, it was, it was an eye opener mm-hmm. and the, the incredible challenges within the construct of a criminal justice system. And, yeah. you know, Texas in part being a woman and then looking at my clients and what they had to overcome in the criminal justice system. It was, it was an eye opener. How did you choose that niche? You know, when you moved in the day, I mean, you could have went, you could have went, you know, murder, but you, you, you decided to get inside the community with your practice. And then wh- why did you do that? What about you made you do that? Yes. And interesting, Vern, at this point in my career, a couple decades past that now, and looking yeah. back, you yeah. can really see the threads of your individual personality and DNA coming out in, in your different career choices. And That's so- right. But, you know, for me, it was um, it was a, a means of having more of a hands-on opportunity to help someone. And there was, um, you know, the extreme cases can take years going all the way through the appeal process. But okay. sometimes you have a window of time in someone's life where, where you can try to play a role or to make it better. And it's, you know, it's a shorter term um window of time. And so you can reach more in theory anyway. So, so there was that. And I just felt that there was more of a, um, an impact and I could engage with more people, more, more clients on the, uh, with certain types of offenses, if you will. Okay. That, that makes sense. Now you did that for 10 years. You were in Austin, you practiced that, that, that was your practice for 10 years. Uh, and then, then I, I saw you, you were involved and you, you, you moved out into 
more regulatory type uh, involvement and engagement. Tell me about that step you made. That's exactly right. And Mm -hmm. I suppose um, when I, when I decided to leave private practice, I had reached a point where I felt I, I, I did what I could do. And um, I just, I did what I could do within that system, within, within Texas, within Travis County, within Williamson, within my counties where I used to work. And so I pretty much did a 180 and I did the, (laughs) this, I did an organic loungewear line and I started working with nonprofits to, uh, and of course in hindsight, it is very clear what happened just to really flip that page. And then through that, I, that was my entree into working with natural products and botanical based um, well, well let, let's stop right there because I, you said you you that was your base to get into natural products and botanical. Okay, how did that come into being though? How, how, were you reaching out for that or did that just come to you? How did what happened? Well, I tell you, Vern, I hear yeah. these when people share stories, oh, it just fell into my lap or yeah. <laughs> oh, it just came from left field. Yeah. I, I have waited for something just to kind of fall into my lap. At this point in the game, I've accepted that that might just not happen for me, which is okay. And so, um, so I, so I, I flipped that page and I was in that natural products, really understanding the benefits from it. And then my legal training came back to me and I wanted to kind of hunker down and get in the nooks and crannies of things again. And that's when I went back into regulatory and government affairs. Got it. Got it. Well, I think that's cool. You, that's quite a journey. That's a quite, that's quite a, you said flip the page. I mean, you turned the book over, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you really did. I mean, you, you, uh, in a, in that period of time when you decided that you did all you could do in Texas into that legal system, and then you decided to get into something, uh, uh, that's very, very, very different but now you brought your legal practice back into it. And I tell you what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. Okay. Uh, we'll continue our discussion with Tammy Wall from Market Access today. She is um, uh, bringing us a really cool story and, and we'll be back. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold. 
old, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for Smart Pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Vern Davis. Plant Profits is our show. I'm your host. We're here with Tammy Wall, uh, Washington, D.C.-based attorney and strategic uh, policy advisor. And uh, she's from Minnesota, but she, she did some real quality time down in Texas, my home state, and I love that. Uh, Tammy, we want to, uh, I know there's a couple other things here we need to, we need to, to mention. And, and uh, what, what are some of the other things you'd like to say about that? I know we went pretty deep into that. Yeah, thank you, Vern. And and because of your background, you understand the CPG space and those different categories and the value that they have within our broader economic health, the multi-billion dollar industries. And and I think we are, we being that CPG industry are in a critical position to really support those U.S. hemp producers, Mm -hmm. not only for the long haul, but certainly to play a role in our nation's economic recovery in light of the pandemic. So if there is one thing, I encourage that. How can we all help? In a, reaching out to, if you are producing mm-hmm. any of these types of products, to, to locally source and to reach out to your congressional member and let her or him know that you are ready to support U.S. hemp producers and open these pathways. Give them some end markets and, and you will buy their product. Thank you very much for that. And, and, and I think that's great advice and we should all do that. And uh, Tammy, I want to switch gears now and, and really talk about something I know you're really passionate about, social equity. And you've gotten yourself involved in that and I'm involved in that also. So I'm, I'm really interested in hearing about uh, from a social equity uh, place. You have a platform called Access Plus Innovation Project that you're utilizing to transport and move this forward. And I think it's a very important topic. Why don't you give uh, our audience your perspective of of where we are with social equity when it it pertains to uh, cannabis, et cetera? Thank you, Vern. Yes, the Access and Innovation Project is, it's a federal effort and and it's a, our advisory advisory board is filled with um, happens to be all female CEOs and founders, and the essence is moving forward. It's not about we want a seat at the table. It's we are at the table and leading that conversation, and we want to make sure that everyone has that same access. And so it's creating on the federal level, Mm -hmm. because I think on the state level, they are experimenting with different social equity models, but on for federal oversight to make sure that that comprehensive federal oversight, that regulatory engine includes components that will allow everyone to have access to this industry, small, large operations, all walks of life, and a very diverse stakeholder population. That's great. Now, interesting. So you, the, the founders, the board is all female, leaders in the industry. Is that correct? That's correct. Now, how did they come to connect with you? Um, well, I'm sure you can attest to this, that mm-hmm. after uh, 
when paths continue to cross you, and you find your like-minded people. And right. so over the years of being in the industry, um, the paths continued to cross. And the, the women on there, there are some true powerhouses that are advocates for their communities and doing tremendous good within their communities, serving both high-quality products for consumers in that over 21 category and developing amazing uh, medical products and serving vulnerable populations that we have an incredible woman on there, Sue Taylor, with a facility, with a dispensary in Berkeley that is serving the senior community. Senior citizens. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. She yeah. is. And, and, if you, and if she's ever been in your orb, it's, um, I feed off her energy. They're just, she's just a, a remarkable woman. No, I, th I think that's great. So uh, we're going to dive a little bit more into the project, but I, you know, I'm I'm so aligned with you on this because, you know, at Protus, uh, we are at Protus Global. Uh, we're we're in this cannabis space, and and uh, we see the opportunities, and 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 uh, we're actually putting together uh, that's going to happen very soon a social equity roundtable discussion. Uh, and that's something that you and I should talk about, uh, you know, maybe getting you involved in it. I think you can bring a perspective that would represent these, these, uh, uh, female leaders that are organizing, you know, and, and participating and executing on access to innovation projects. So let's do that. Um, I think that's good. We need to, we need to do that. What, what are some of the things you guys have done, uh, that you could talk about here? The, um, in our, well, one of the things in our, in meetings on the Hill, for example, it's, there have been multiple asks on the Hill over the last several years from um, sort of a fragmented approach on, and very immediate, like research and veterans access, all very important topics. But in our conversations on the Hill, it's for the long game in the industry. It's to refocus and to define what an end game should look like. What does that state federal interplay look like? How do we strategically enter the global market? And how do we do that so that U.S. grown cannabis and um, the stakeholders in the U.S. can be positioned to continue to be a leader, even on a, on a global scale? That's great. Thank you. Is there a final message you'd like to leave with us? Well, yes, actually okay. there is, Vern, and I, and I thank you so much for this time, and then, and I think that's top-notch that you're putting together your social equity roundtable in mm -hmm. large part because from what I know of you and your colleagues mm -hmm. and listening to your other um, guests, that it's, it, you, are, you are the real deal, and that's quite refreshing, and so your social equity roundtable, it will be impactful because you're, you're genuine and authentic about it, so thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And thank you all. We've uh, spent time today with Tammy Wall, a Washington, D.C.-based attorney and strategic policy advisor. And as you can see, she's working on the most important and forefront issues that we face in the space. And I really want to thank you. And stay with us uh, when we end here. I want to uh, spend a little more time with you, Tammy. I really appreciate you being here. And thank you all for joining us. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com. CannabisRadio.com is an amazing partner. I love those folks. Or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Spotify and iHeartRadio and all major podcasts, wherever you get your podcast fix on, go there. You'll find us, Plant Profits. Vern Davis is your host. Follow Protus Global on LinkedIn. 
Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media uh, hangouts. You can find us. We're building companies. We're changing lives at protusglobal.com. That's protusglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. Until next time, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.